Hello, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Anna Loder from readabook.com.au. I'm a lifelong reader and book lover and a long-time book club member. 15 years, I can't believe it. I've been a bookseller for 13 and now I'm a reviewer and blogger. This is a weekly podcast celebrating that love of books and reading. I'm so excited to be in your ears today. Before we get started, can I quickly pay my respects to the Darawal people of the Uyora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I work, play, read and live on. Along with the traditional owners of the lands throughout Australia, I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Let's get started. I got to read an advanced copy of The Wakes by Diane Yarwood and as soon as I finished it I was clamouring at the bit to interview her. It's a delightful novel. Right from the start you feel like you're just being embraced in the warmest most generous hug ever. It's just a work of art. I really love this novel. It's got so much book love in there, so much music, so much friendship. It's just a delight. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation. I hope that you appreciate the fact that I just have sat here and edited out so much general chit chat and so much giggling on my part. Oh my goodness, Diane Yardwood was just a delight to speak with and the poor thing, she'd let me rub it on. I couldn't stop myself. I was just absolutely gushing over this novel and she was just such an easy person to chat with. So it does cut off at the end. I am so sorry. I didn't even have that decency to thank her for the for gorgeous conversation that I just enjoyed. I completely ran out of time, so I'm sorry, and I hope that you can appreciate the fact that she was just such a nice person to be chatting with, that of course I didn't even look at the time, and I completely ran out. So I hope that you enjoyed the conversation. I hope that you do go on and read the book, and if you do, please head on over over to the reader book website and tell me all about it over there because oh my goodness am i looking forward to talking about it with people it's a delightful novel i hope you love it and the conversation that i got to have with diane as well thank you very much is the inspiration for gilbert your lovely dog that i've seen on social like a human in a dog suit well no the dog you're se- <laughs> the dog you're seeing on instagram now is a puppy we waited a couple of years but i had a 15 year old grudel who was there when i was writing and she actually died the day before I had my first interview with Hachette, like the publishers. So it was a very emotional week. It was like high and devastating low. But she lived at 15. And, yes, she was totally Gilbert. Though she was a girl, she did look like Ed Sheeran. (laughs) (laughs) I cut her hair and people's people's... (laughs) I think Louise pays out the owners having... The haircut, yeah. Well, I did get paid out for the haircut. (laughs) Some days it looked good, but some days it was, yeah, quite tragic, depending (laughs) on if you sat still or not. So, yeah, I'm a dog lover. But we waited a couple of years. We grieved for a couple of years and then we felt right. And Teddy arrived and my daughter said, oh, he knows too much. I think Charlie's in him. And I was quite surprised at how much he's helped with the healing process. The cycle of life. He was old, he's young, and it just feels right. Um, I think it's allowed me to ground her death a bit. Yeah, I think the worst possible thing would be to never get another pet and never to give... I think so. Yeah, think you can't open your heart up again. Yes. That's right. But I just love your dog on there. But I didn't think it added up, so I'm glad that I did ask. That's great. Yes, yes, yes. That's how the ages add up, yeah. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. But, oh, my goodness, it is so not big little lies. No, it's not. No, no. Just oh, thank you. Not that I thank had you. low expectations at all. but No, but you didn't know what to expect. Yeah, I had no not idea not. what to expect. Yeah. I went completely yeah. blind and yeah. I am just was so there for the story. It was wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. I totally enjoyed writing it. It came straight from the heart. And I took a long while to write a book, but I wanted to make sure it was a book that I was proud of. 
and I am. And my idea was I, I wanted to create a piece of art, really, something of beauty was my feeling. I wanted to create something in its whole, had a feeling. About, I wanted you to feel a certain way when you finished it. Felt so, that way all the way through. Oh, that's all. Yeah. My husband sort of said to me, because I'm getting that sort of response with people, and he said, you know, surely you knew that when you were writing that people would feel like this. And I said, honestly, no, because as a writer, you get so into the detail, into the forest of it. And whenever I read it near the end, when it was nearly done, I would still be looking for how I could improve it. So I wasn't really reading it from a reader. I don't, I don't know whether I ever will be able to. No, I was um, speaking with an author just on the podcast, Paul Diego, wrote mm-hmm. Country Eternal Light. Anyway, he won't ever be able to no. read it as a reader. He's not ever no. going to be able to read it for the first time. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I had never even thought of that before. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Mm-hmm. You will never yeah. have that experience that I just have of just yeah. being. Yeah. One of my favourite quotes I read, poor Valerie, I think it comes from a poet, was that a poem is never finished. It's just abandoned. And I really felt like that with novel writing. You've just got to reach a point where you say, it's good enough. Step away from the desk. But really, you, you'd love to just sort of keep sculpting it and finessing. Well, I love language so much. I'd just keep. Oh, that shows. I'm not surprised. Oh, really? Yeah, I've got a pure love for language and the rhythm of a sentence. I have sort of a bit of background in music, so I just... Oh, right, I didn't realise. Yeah. You know how maths and music go together? I've got a maths brain as well, maths music. and So I I really can obsess over, you know, in the shower, oh, that sentence doesn't sound right, you know, (laughs) so I can spend all day on a sentence. But uh, I do read for the love of language Yes, yes. I'm not surprised a bit. But yeah. so what was your job? I know that you work in a chartered accountant. I thought it was a chartered so. accountant. Yes. yes. Very different. And I'm not going to pay out accountants. I love accountants. I oh, think they're my partner really is funny an accountant. people. <laughs> and, and he plays the bagpipes. And I can understand the connection that you're talking about with music and with yes. math. There's definitely It's a pattern thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a real pattern thing. And But I um, wouldn't have thought that it would translate to language as well. I'm I'm going to more, but yeah. I think it does. Yeah, well, it depends on how you write. Mm. So that's just my writing style is the rhythmic sort of style, which does take a bit of work because when you lose your rhythm, it's really obvious. Like you'll just do rhythm in a piece of music. So I'll be going, you know, whereas other writers might get away with it if they use shorter sentence. Whereas if you're writing with rhythm, I think it makes it very readable. So you'll be going along with the rhythm and suddenly, whoa, hang on. And so that took a lot longer because I would feel that jarring and have to work on well, that's actually a question. As you can see, I'm a bit of a, <laughs> I'm like Billy Connolly. I go off and then go, oh, hang on, where was I? I'll go back there. Um, They're the, the conversations um, I like listening to, though. Yes, <laughs> yes. with my job, um, my job, it came back to my mother died in my final year of school and mm-hmm. were very attached to her three siblings. We adored her and very much felt like my safety net in life had gone. My father was there, but he wasn't. He was, he'd grown up in this family of, you know, you look after yourself, survive, you know, make your own living. So I knew there wasn't any, wasn't any great safety net. You know, he's, he was a loving father, but I had to do my own thing. Yes, of course. And, and, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And he also sold our house soon after I left school. So I had to support myself. Oh, so wow. I also didn't have the courage. I was a bit like Claire. I, I wouldn't have called myself a really courageous person. And so I went for the, and I was very good at economics. I did as well as it at English at school. So I had these two things I was good at. And when I was looking at them, what am I going to do? English just seemed a bit scary and in terms of job security and yes, yes. And when I left school, job security was a big thing. We didn't move around in jobs like everyone does these days. Mm -hmm. So you sort of tended to choose it thinking you were going to be in it for a long time. And 
But I guess and then I also, started, if you don't have the safety net, absolutely, you're going to be looking for creating your own. That's right. And and in day one, I walked into this accounting firm in Newcastle. That's where I grew up. And they were just such a fun bunch of people. I, I didn't warm to the job necessarily, but it was good. But I just loved the social aspect of it. <laughs> and it took me overseas. I always knew it wasn't my natural fit. I always knew I wasn't naturally good at it. It didn't energise me. Whereas when I started writing, it felt, and I always wanted to write, but once I really started writing, it felt so natural and I could tell I had more energy in a day when I wrote. Yes. Not one for regrets, but um, yeah. Yeah, right. I understand. I wondered whether you were the inspiration. Not not really. Like my characters are imaginary, but they carry little traits of, so Ray carries a few things of a very close girlfriend of mine. She's got a bit of me, you know, but they are people, I don't see them as anybody I know. I see them as their own creations. So you didn't yeah. do a pros and cons list then when you decided no. whether to write? No, no, no. I, I, I created them and then little things would sneak in. But I always knew Claire was going to be cautious and I guess that follows a little bit with me, with my career and, yeah. 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 Oh, I'm so pleased to hear it because I just loved her. But, I mean, and yeah. I wouldn't have been disappointed if she was inspired by no, you. No, she's not. I just my thought. first, I've written a book before this. I've got a book that sits in a drawer. <laughs> I'm in that one, which is yeah. <laughs> The reason why I'm sitting in a drawer. That's fantastic. I hope we get to see it. No, you're not. It's staying in the drawer. It's a mess. (laughs) This feels like I felt like I was being very safe hands right from the first page. Oh, that's Um, wonderful. It's just, oh, I've read itself. (laughs) Not to gush or anything, but I just love it. Oh, no, 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 gush. No, I'm just loving this part. Absolutely. It's such a solitary endeavour room off my bedroom for so many years on my own just so wonderful and I wouldn't let anyone read it didn't let my husband read it I really can't begin to tell you why (laughs) there's a lot of reasons but it's just so incredible to share it with other people and to have them love it and reading is such a joy for me and to actually have created something that people get joy out of is just yeah yeah I think it is it must be a wonderful gift to a given I went through a bit of trauma I went through a little bit of anxiety and my sister just kept saying You've written a gift for people. Just see it as a gift, which is a great piece of advice. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. And it is, absolutely. But it's also very funny and it's witty and it was just uh, it's just a delight. It wasn't just the, it absolutely was a warm hug. It's just that it was a funny warm hug as well. It was like, yes, friend. (laughs) Well, I do love humour. I do. It's probably my favourite thing. Yeah. (laughs) I do love books that make you smile like I read a series of books a few years ago and they were very good and very literary and very well received but I said to a friend of mine I didn't smile once because I realized that's what what I didn't enjoy and I you know I've read really tragic books that still can make you smile for certain reasons whether it's beautiful or funny or you know and yeah I used to think that I had to like a character in there that I couldn't read books with nobody that I identified or nobody that I like but that's Mm -hmm. not the case I think it is I think the writer just has to like people. I think that might be my thing. Yes, that's it. And as you can tell by the novel, I'm quite a huge fan of Middlemarch. Yes. One of my favourite books. That's one of my and, questions. Yes, huge fan. And yeah. I just think she does the everyday minute <laughs> details of life beautifully. And the language is so beautiful. The characters are so nuanced and beautiful. But she's really kind to her characters at the end of the day, George yes. Eliot. Even the ones that aren't great do end up with a certain amount of sympathy for them. Yes. Because they're human. They're real they're not pure evil they're not emotional yeah you can see the motivation and why they've gone down that track and you can yes you understand what they're doing and why yeah yes 
we did middle march for book club just a couple of years ago and none of us liked it while we were doing it for book club but i hadn't finished it obviously it was a crazy book to be doing for a month it's so big way too big (laughs) gave myself permission just to read it and enjoy it and not to be having to do it for book club Mm. that's a cracker of a book that's got it is a cracker of a book what was it was written in stages for a journal Yeah. yeah which is why it's so huge Yes. <laughs> and I just can't believe that they can write at that now being able to edit on a computer. I know. <laughs> more of that. That is a work of art as well, mm. yes. Mm. And there is an awful lot of cooking love in here as well, which was yes. delightful. Yes, I do love food. Do love yes, food. I would like the chicken sandwiches that she makes and then for a brief period she might have nailed like this. <laughs> That bit's real. I remember turning up at some function and I took the chicken sandwiches and and I actually stood back and just watched people take them and when they're all gone felt this little bit of, you know, success. Which was which is quite worrying that that was Maybe we all have a signature dish that you just sit back and yes. just like Yes. I've nailed yes. what a signature dish is what I was yes. thinking. Yes. Mine's yes. Rocky Road. And it's that moment, isn't it, where just life comes together in that friend of mine told me one day that she just eats to live. And I just went, Oh, how tragic is that? Oh, I think it would be lovely not to have that attachment to food, but no, I wouldn't change no, it. No, no. What are morning buns? I've never tried those before, but after reading your book they're definitely <laughs> supposedly they're everywhere in England I didn't know that but when I went to write the food I as a food obsessive and gourmet traveler or a big love of mine and so I would go through them and particularly good ones I would pull out and when then I started pulling out ones that I thought would suit was it quite long quite a few years in the making began, began a little sort of funeral food file and I was flicking through that and the morning buns just jumped out at me but it was a recipe someone adapted even just looking at them I thought oh they just screamed comfort and the name was a pure coincidence I thought oh morning gee that's a playful words I didn't do that deliberately but I just thought they had that warmth about you know and I love texture so that's how they came about Oh, Not but... that I'm a great morning bun cook or anything, but I've got a girlfriend putting on a function for me and she's doing all the food from the book, even the Arancini balls. Oh, and, my um... goodness. <laughs> Didn't she take and, the um... <laughs> I think she actually gave the job out so some other poor person is going to be there for hours. <laughs> but managed to hunt down a morning bun in Sydney, so um, wow. I'm not oh, sure where from. What yeah. a lovely thing to have been done for you and lovely thing to oh, do. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. She's, she's really lovely. Yeah. And I'm not surprised either that you were looking for food because I... I had a cafe and a lot of you oh, are always right. on the hunt for things that do at scale and at that's it food I was like oh yeah absolutely they'd be cooking that that yeah the croissants yep. they are easy to do once you've nailed once you've nailed it do a bit of catering before I started writing when I was home with my children for a creative outlet I look back now and that's what it was I just gradually became more and more obsessed to the point that I would lie in bed at night thinking up what I'd cook for dinner the next night on a weeknight my family began can we just have something simple I'd be trialing out gourmet traveling recipes to my poor young children and then I started catering for friends people parties just saying can I do your party for 80 people do eight courses for 80 people because I wanted to so I had been through that whole thing of working out what to trial and error what you can do on mass there was a lot of error before you that's right you you have a lot of terrible situations don't you you realize gee this wasn't a good idea yes absolutely like the Arangini balls yes I have lived that where I'm halfway through Arangini balls thinking these seemed so simple and they're just so time consuming way too many steps to be doing (laughs) now in our family we all have our funeral songs listed with my sister do you 
also have your funeral song sorted because yes, you've picked I some do. great ones here. Well, yes, Elvis Presley is me. I have uh, to have Elvis Presley. I have to have The Wonder of You. That is mine. Uh, um, so that's all as far as I've got so far. But my sister's given me hers. I've got a girlfriend who's got a funeral book that one of her nieces uh, maintains for the family. And whenever anybody pipes up and says something, she's like, oh, hang on, I'll just get the book and I'll note that down. I turned 45 this year and when I message they knock off Rainbow Connection, add on hallelujah. <laughs> Whilst reading your book. To be a little bit. But I, you know, the message in the book is that's important. The big thing I wanted to get across, death isn't this terrible black subject because when we talk about it put it in perspective and live with that in your life it does change how you live yeah it it does does. Mm -hmm. and that whole start at the end and be think about how you want to be remembered and then accordingly Mm. all of that is just great life advice that we really Mm. dismiss I think as we age and nobody wants to think about dying but really it's death and taxes yeah it's the one thing we're all going to do there's a great book called Being Mortal. The author's got a long name and I'm not going to attempt it. Yeah, oh, it's a wonderful book about how the medical profession are going to adapt to us living longer and, and those conversations oh. you have to have about what's important to you in life and how you want to be kept alive and things like that. And But he talks about life having a beginning, a middle and an end and each part is important and the end is important. I think, you know, the message in the book really comes from something that happened to me. I nearly died and I was sick for a long time. I was sick for about a year with a rare autoimmune disease that gradually I've got Addison's disease my adrenal glands don't work I I sort of attack them oh it's fine and it's and I take steroids three times a day I have a normal life expectancy but I got gradually and gradually tighter and sicker it came on really slowly and gradually I lived less and less then it finally got to the point you go into this Addisonian crisis which is what kills you this period of about four to six weeks at the end and I couldn't care for my children I was constantly nauseous, had no energies. I really had no quality of life. And then I had a terrible weekend where I knew I was dying and I'd accepted it. I wanted to go, even though I had children, I just was too sick. And then I went to emergency and I was saved. And the treatment for Addison's disease is to give you, it's very rare, which is why they didn't find it, but it's to give you an injection of steroids. I went from curled up in a fetal position to (laughs) within 10 minutes alive you know talking to anyone that would come within a meter of my bed and so I had this death life juxtaposition and uh I've never forgotten in the fetal position yes. dying and yes. then not 10 and, years and later yes wow so I, I don't know what other disease you would get a cure like that doctor when she was starting to work it out this emergency because I've been to emergency before and they missed it this doctor had seen it once before she knelt down to my bed and whispered in my ear I think I know what's wrong with you and it was just and it took a few hours to confirm it um, and then she gave me the treatment. And they said to me, look, it's a chronic disease, but it's a very manageable one. If you're going to get a chronic disease, it's probably the best one to get. So even that was good news because I knew I had something serious. Yeah. And it's just I was overwhelmed by the sense of the preciousness of life. It was given back to me. Um, and I, I go back to my family, my children, everything I loved and never taken it for granted. Every day I wake up and I feel well. It's like what a great starting point. And so I wanted you to finish the book feeling like that. I wanted to describe in in a yes. fictional form what I went through. And I don't, I'm not scared of dying. 
I'd accept. And it even helped with my mother's death because um, I thought she wanted to go um, by the time she, she had breast cancer. But, you know, I just, my perspective, obviously it would be different for other people, but that's how it was for me. And just a funny story, um, the day before I was diagnosed and, and I was dying, I, my, my son was in a state soccer competition and I was too sick to sit in the car for 10, 15 minutes and the family went off to this soccer game and I was sitting at home alone. I was on the lounge and I was watching a movie called Sweet November. And it's about a woman who's dying, but she has a different boyfriend every month. And this was Mr. November. And she tried not to fall in love with him, but she fell in love with Mr. November. But I'm sitting on the lounge getting really quite agitated by this movie, thinking, and I'm almost talking to the television going, you're dying, but you're going out to dinner. You know, so I was so I was even acknowledged in that way, even in a such an everyday way that I was dying. I'm going, I'm dying. No, I can't go out for dinner. That's ridiculous. You know, I was thinking, yeah. So I imagine that P.S. I love you would be awfully annoying for anybody who <laughs> can't imagine anybody dying like that and having time to plan elaborate things. You are so right. I think that that is such a great comment because my mother, I watch movies like that. I went through the stage where I'd watch movies like that and think, oh, why, Ma- why didn't my mother leave me notes? You know, you know, you just can't, you're, you're struggling to get through a day. Now, we will be doing the wakes for the Wondering Women Book Club, just on an end-of-life course, and it just reminded me of Greta, who I just, yeah. Yes, because I think one of the messages too in the book was where with Chris, you know, that he deals daily with just such simple, ordinary things in life that can undo you. You know, you can think, oh, no, I'll be fine, and you probably will be fine. There's no way I'm wanting to be morbid about it, but. Yeah, well, I just, but I just loved the wakes, and I think that is the real gift of it. You really, you walk away just having had the the most in-depth chat and connection with an old friend that oh Oh, yeah I loved it yeah that's what the thing other I wanted the reading experience to be an enjoyable thing in itself because the book is about all these great things in life and one of those books even that was about death I wanted you to yeah oh that's wonderful yeah do that when I was writing I'd say well if I'm not amusing or entertaining myself I'll stop because I wanted the book to be like that yes absolutely and who knew staying alive (laughs) on a few levels isn't it but it's wide regarded as the best song for CPR oh yes it's, wow. it's the medical profession it's got the perfect beat and they think most people will know it but Tommy my book didn't know it <laughs> the publishers have made a playlist where do I get that playlist it's Spotify, Spotify. it's on oh, Spotify yes there's quite a bit of music in the book there is there's an awful lot of music and there's an awful lot of book club and there's an awful lot of the cooking but also it's just a real ode to friendship isn't it and oh it is I think that's the, the central thing in the book and particularly female friendship we're yes we're very good at you know that five minute phone call about nothing the everyday and yeah. I also really liked that they weren't long term these are accidental friends that have just mm. come across each other and had the good sense to latch on yeah, and that's why I did that thing with Louisa saying, I don't normally call out to people, called out to Claire. And I think yes. it, it's sort of a magical beginning that it was just, you know, when you meet someone like, like I'm finding with you, you just sort of think, oh, we are on the same page in life. Yeah. You know, start to treasure that as you get older. Yeah. 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 I think you realise after you've lived a while that it doesn't happen all the time. I've spoken to people as well who just said they'd just like to get up and walk out into the sunshine. I just loved Max. Thank you so much. Yeah, but- I just love Max too. And that very much what he said there is a feeling I had 
that just want to walk out the door and feel, you know, yeah. I read something once where they said there is no greater divide than that between the sick and the healthy, and it's very true. But Max, I loved that he's he's not in the book a lot. No. um, For a long time. But people have just taken him to, to their hearts. Oh, Greta as well, who's another one. Yes, yeah, she's not in there very long. And, um, yeah, and also just that feeling, you know, when you go to a funeral of someone you don't really know that well, you might be going to support a friend and you listen to the eulogies and think, gosh, I wish I knew that person. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. which I think you'd feel with Greta and Max if you went to the Absolutely. Funeral. Well, yeah. I do. Yes, I did. Yes. From going to yes. their funerals, it's exactly yes. how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to be touring? Yes, so, yes, I am. It's great. So I'm open to any sort of touring. Excellent. Because this is just the most glorious part of the whole thing and talking about books with people, love reading. Oh, like, yeah. Bring it on. What are you reading at the moment? <laughs> well, I'm actually reading a Virginia Woolf novel that I've meant to re- read all my life called The Waves, and I did not call my book a name <laughs> that sounded like The Waves. I didn't do that. But it's- I've been meaning to read Virginia Woolf for 20 years. To the Lighthouse is probably my favourite. Just her vision and what she can create. She's a genius. She's a, and The Waves is unusual and you've really got to set aside some time to get into it, but I'm loving that. I tend to read quite literary novels. Okay, so that's it for this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Please leave a review wherever you can, but especially where you found my Readable podcast. If you'd like more connection, please head on over to thereadable.com.au. There's plenty of book reviews and recommendations there, and that's also where you'll find my blog. And I would love, love, love to welcome you into our community. There's a membership page on readable.com.au. There are three levels. The first is free, and I'm so hoping that you would like to help me build my online community where we can enjoy reading more together. Thank you.